Okay, well, um, my tag team division is full. But I hear that TNA is hiring. To Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and now your host, AJ Orsini. How the hell is everybody? This is AJ Orsini, and I am here with episode 29, and I am trying to be a trooper about this because this has been quite the week. <laughs> I, I almost, almost, I, I was pretty convinced I was actually going to skip a week. Uh, I have not had the time this week. To do this Wednesday episode, I know that I recorded the roundtable episode on Saturday, but Saturday is where kind of the wheels fell off here uh, on me physically. So uh, I don't know if anyone is aware, but I have been under the weather. I am not feeling well. I don't know exactly what's wrong with me. There are doctor's appointments pending. Uh, I can go through the symptoms here, but it would just be a gigantic waste of your time. The point is, is I am not doing okay at all. So if I lack the enthusiasm on certain things that I'll be discussing here, please excuse. But I definitely wanted, I didn't, I was convinced that I was going to miss today. I was trying to talk myself literally out of doing today. Uh, I had uh, a window yesterday to do so, and I just do not feel well. I do not feel up to a lot of things. So let's start with Saturday because this is very unfortunate that I don't feel well because it's been quite the week. This was WrestleMania, WrestleMania weekend, and it was quite the weekend. I had a great time. Um, as per usual, I had a wonderful weekend. I had more people in my house this weekend visiting me. Uh, coming to the house to watch both shows, TakeOver and uh, WrestleMania, than ever before. I've never actually done a get-together for TakeOver. Uh, we kind of used the roundtable as an excuse to uh, to get some people over for, for TakeOver, or the other way around, depending on how you want to look at it. But that's kind of how that went down. So let's start with Saturday, because uh, before the roundtable is when all of the uh, all of the problems really started for me. I have no idea... What happened? I, I woke up Saturday morning with uh, a ton of pain in my back, and I've been having headaches, and I'm a little lethargic. I'm a little out of it. Um, every I, I just feel dreary and just, I don't know, like I'm waiting for death to take me. It's taking a sweet-ass time. Take me, death, please, at this point, because it's just like, I don't know. I, it's just it's just dragging. Everything is just dragging. Everything is in slow motion. I'm, I'm experiencing dizziness. It's it's not cool. Um, it's not cool. So I'm gonna try to get through all this. But yeah, Saturday morning is when all this started, and um, I knew I had the round table. I knew I had takeover. I knew I had WrestleMania. I knew I had company coming over for both days. So I kind of just tried to power through it. As a matter of fact, the guys on Saturday probably have no idea that all this was happening right around them thankfully uh thankfully my wife did and was able to help me out a lot um so i tried to power through and uh 
I didn't do myself any favors because Saturday was the round table and I had uh, Maddie Ming. I had Ian uh, Emily Heimlich maneuver with us. I had the authentic Brandon Lewis. They were in the house. We sat down and we knocked this round table out. Uh, I think the cut that made it was about an hour and 40 minutes, hour and 45. I am unsure it's in that area. But the actual cut was about the actual not cut. The the raw file is about three hours and 30 minutes. Because we fought a lot, <laughs> we we got on each other about a lot of topics. Um, there were certain things that we talked about that obviously did not make the cut. Those will be available coming up on YouTube as extra content, the same as we did for the Royal Rumble. I'll be spreading those out so you guys will get a chance to hear that because I think some of those debates you're definitely going to want to hear. Uh, we talked about WrestleMania, past WrestleManias, and uh, and wh- what WrestleMania really meant to us. Uh, which I had divulged into. I did not repeat the same shit I had said in the previous episode. All this was new material from the three guys. I uh, just kind of mediated. And they kind of gave their WrestleMania moments and uh, and memories, which was a really cool time. And it was a lot of fun. I, I It was just too long. <laughs> I refused to put anything out above two hours. I just really do. It's just a personal choice. Uh, I've cut it close, 145, 150, but never two hours. It's just too much. It's It's too long. So I cut it down. I got to the WrestleMania part, got to the meat of it, so you guys can get that, you know, enjoy that, uh, which you guys extremely enjoyed. I'll get to that in a second. Um, so we did. We recorded that three and a half hours. Actually, we went for so long, we actually ended it right around, I think, about midway through the takeover. So we kind of had to watch it from the beginning, and so we were getting notifications, and it was just a gigantic piece in the uh, piece in the ass. I'm not a piece of ass. It was a pain in the ass is what I'm trying to say here. And the part where I didn't do myself any favors was not the roundtable. It was the fact that, once again, uh, being the gracious hosts that they are, uh, Ian and, and Maddie Ming brought over uh, some 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 treats, some alcoholics uh, advantages here, and uh, I divulged a bit, and I guess I divulged uh, or indulged a bit too much, and uh, the old man was a little worse for wear. Uh, luckily for me, the alcohol did not grab me until well after the roundtable. It was around. Uh, about midway through the takeover, when I uh, I couldn't uh, I couldn't figure out where I was. I, I can't I can taste colors like I knew what the color violet tasted like. It was a it, it was a tough 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 night. Um, but that brought me into WrestleMania, and I guess the alcohol kind of made it even worse. Uh, the back pain, the migraines, everything was back times ten. I thought maybe it was feeling that way because of a hangover. So we did the Pedialyte treatment. We did a bunch of fluids, breaded lunches, stuff like that. And uh, by WrestleMania time, or at least by pre-show time, 4 or 5 o'clock, I was feeling a little better. I was rolling. Uh, guests started coming in. I would like to get, thank those guests for coming, by the way. Um, not vaguely. I will specifically name uh, my uh, my. What is he? He's my god brother in law. God brother. Yeah, my wife's god brother, Raul Jimenez, who is here. Uh, Joe Pombo, who's a who's a former co-worker of mine in the industry, who came by. He's getting married in a few weeks. I'll be attending. Uh, he came by the House of O to watch some WrestleMania. Of course, the guy with the permanent seat, the number one guy, Alex Polgreen, who listens to my show as well. Thank you for coming. I was saving the text messages for this show. So if you guys want your things, you're going to have to listen to the show. Uh, and, of course, the first the first group to arrive uh, 
Uh, Michael Buckley, who is a good friend of mine, still works in the industry. He's actually the ring of uh, the ring the ring of honor. I'm telling you guys, I'm completely out of it. I am completely out of it. But um, he's the ring announcer for Capital Wrestling over in Hoboken, New Jersey. Um, he got into the industry through me. I helped train him. I helped bring him along. Uh, I have uh, somewhat mentored him. Uh, in the beginning stages of his career, he's come along great. He's a fantastic talent, and he came by uh, to my uh, to my house with a friend of his, a personal friend of his, Albie, who could not have been more of a gracious guest. I am absolutely glad that I met him, and he got to be a part of the party. We had a little bit of a Spanish announce table situation. So, so what happened is, is I, I have a full couch, I have a love seat, I have additional seating, you know, chairs and whatnot. And when we really, really need to like get extra seats in my house for get-togethers or parties, we pull out the two foldable uh, I don't know, beach chairs, the one with the cup holder. Yeah, beach chairs. And my beach chairs are rather old, and they've been through the ringer. They're veterans of the game, and uh, he was trying to get up. He was trying to get off the chair and and both handles done snapped down into it. So uh, luckily he didn't break his ass. There's no lawsuit there, so that's good. But uh, he, he had a, a wonderful idea. He did this when I wasn't looking, but it was great. So he took one of the paper towels and put a Spanish announced chair on there. So it was perfect. It was the Spanish announced chair. No one else sat in it, obviously. It just stood there. It was like it was part of the party. So it was really good. That's really good thinking on, on our feet. And... Uh, and one of the another gracious guest thing that they did was they also bought the uh, brought the liqueur with them, so that was another night of drinking, which obviously is not helping my situation at all. So I'm not exactly helping my situation here by drinking in these situ in, 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 in the last uh, what was it Saturday and Sunday, but I thought you know again trying to power through. That we were just going to be able to get through the two events, and then Monday I'll be able to sleep in. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, take some time to relax a little bit, and uh, and that has not happened at all. Uh, I have not had time to relax at all. As you can see, I'm, I'm, I, I'm just now really like you can't see. Obviously, I'm going to tell you, but it's almost it's almost nine o'clock now, and I'm just now really filming this or recording this, I should say. So I have not had time to really relax and to kind of unwind and recharge. So, as you can tell by listening to me, I'm kind of burning the candle at birth, uh, birth both ends. I cannot speak. Both ends yet again. Uh, but I'm going to try my best to continue this show. After this show, when I put this up on Wednesday night at 9, I'm hoping Thursday would be a much easier day. Already spoke to my job about... Uh, getting a recharge day here and it I you know it might actually happen here so let's get to the stuff that we need to talk about here which is uh, at the top I want to talk a little bit more about the platforms because the platform I know I say them every show and the reason why I say that is because I've been getting some new subscribers some new listeners and I've been getting some new eyes on the product and I have to keep saying them because I want people to understand that I am on more than just Podbean because for some reason Podbean seems to be a deterrent for some people rather than uh, rather than a positive. So Michael Buckley, who was here in my house, the same, also mentioned the same thing to me the other day. He goes, listen, I don't know anything about Podbean. Would you happen to be on iTunes? And I am. So once again, I just like to go through the list here. There's only four at the moment because I am in the process of applying for other platforms. But at the moment, 
there are the uh, the big four that I'm with right now. Is you can catch my show by searching Orsini's Uncensored Mind by going to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, and the TuneIn Radio app. Those are four separate apps. Uh, Google Play already comes on the Android phone. So if you have an Android phone, you already have Google Play. So you don't have to download anything new. You can just go into the um, go into the program, go into the search field, put Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and uh, the sun bitch should pop right up. On iTunes, it's the same iTunes already comes on the Apple phone, so all you need to do is just search up some bitch right there, and it should come up. Uh, TuneIn and Stitcher are rather popular, you know, radio apps, so uh, same as before. Just search the show's name, and it should come up. I do believe you can still get the result if you type my name, AJ Orsini. I haven't tried it, but a few people have said they've been able to do that, in particular on iTunes. So if you cannot find it through Orsini's Uncensored Mind, try to type in my name, AJ Orsini. If that doesn't work, please message me uh, about that so I can get on top of that and just make sure that that's running smoothly and I'm not advertising these platforms for the shits and giggles of just speaking out of my ass. Another thing that I want to mention is that I did a video of... Um, now it's more than a week. Now it's like eight days. But I did a video last week, essentially, Thanking everyone because I had joined the 500 Downloads Club. And I was very excited about that. And I wanted to share my joy, share my glee with all of you. Uh, 500 may not be exactly like a huge number for people, but it's huge for me because it's far more than, you know, far more than I thought that I was really ever going to get. And I'm just super excited and super happy that I got there. Uh, not nearly as happy and excited as I am now because as it took me... You know, I've been doing this show since October, so it, it pretty much took me from October to where what uh, mid going to be mid April. So we'll 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 say it took me from October to March, full full October all the way through full March to get to five hundred downloads. It took me one week to get to six hundred. Uh, so that tells me. That whatever is going down or whatever, however you guys are, are listening to this show, uh, it's picking up in, in, in a big way. And it's gaining speed. And, and, and that's awesome because starting off these shows, man, it's it's a really slow grind. You just keep doing it and keep going with it and keep trying to improve and keep working. And you try not to look at the numbers. You just try not to get inside, inside your own head. And uh, But it's... It's very humbling and it's very exciting to know that there are people who are listening, there are people who are downloading, there are people who are sharing to the rest of their friends and family that this show even exists. So I'm super excited and I want to thank you guys again. Uh, I'm not going to keep doing videos for thank yous all the time. Obviously, it gets to be a bit redundant, but I do want to take the time to thank you. Um, a lot of content so far over the last week. Episode 27 was last week. We did episode 28 this past Sunday, and now I'm doing episode 29 here. It's going to be lovely to get the break uh, for at least a week before I have to do another one of these shows. I can prep. I can recharge. I could do, I, I'm just behind on so many things in life, not just a show, but in life, and uh, and I, I just need a moment to catch up and catch my breath, but uh so before I move on to new topics and talk about new things, there's just so many things that there is to talk about. Uh, I do want to have some last-minute uh, opinions and just a quick discussion. I'm not going to beat this into the head because it's kind of been uh, 
uh, in abundance for over the course of, of the week anyway. Uh, WrestleMania, let's talk a little bit about it because uh, to me, this WrestleMania show was one of the better WrestleManias I've seen in a long time. I know a lot of people online have been bitching and moaning about a lot of the decisions that were made. This, will, I'm not going to sit here and say that it was the perfect WrestleMania show, nor was it the greatest of all time. Um, it's just one of the better ones that I've seen in a long time. And I didn't have a problem. I didn't share in a lot of the problems that people had about the show. Uh, I had my own set of problems uh, with the show, and we'll get to all that stuff. But as uh, before we get into actual WrestleMania, I want to just mention for the TakeOver, the NXT TakeOver, the last TakeOver that they had, uh, TakeOver Philadelphia, which was for the Royal Rumble, uh, the day before the Royal Rumble. I did not like that show, and I made those thoughts quite clear here. Five matches, two of them I liked, uh, and 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 I wasn't very excited about that last show. Now you fast forward to this one, take over New Orleans, and I have to admit it was pre- it, it was damn near a perfect show. Uh, I again, you could nitpick, you could move things around, you could change a thing here or t- here or there uh, to make it a perfect show, but I, it was damn near perfect. Uh, this is how you should be doing takeovers. And whenever they do shows like this, it actually gets me nervous because then you start thinking to yourself, well, how, you know, they they take all year to build these stars up and they finally get a good amount of top guys on on their, on their uh, show only to be gutted the night after WrestleMania, which we will also talk about here today because, uh, Although I'm peachy on TakeOver and excited about WrestleMania, Raw and SmackDown gutted me. Gutted me. I, I cannot believe my eyes and my ears from what I saw from Raw and SmackDown. But again, we're we're going to go down the line here. So let's start with NXT. Uh, I'm going to do this real quick and then we'll just talk about it. So they opened up with the ladder match, the inaugural, uh, well, I don't know why they kept, they attached inaugural to it. I'm going to skip that. It's the NXT North American Championship ladder match. The winner of this match will be the first one ever. Of course, Adam Cole walked away with the win, uh, defeating EC3, Killian Dane, Lars Sullivan, Ricochet, and Velveteen Dream. The second match, Shayna Baszler walked away with the Women's Championship, defeating Ember Moon. The tag team championship was on the line. Adam Cole doing double duty, if you want to call it that. He spent most of the match on the outside uh, injured. So Adam Cole was uh, technically a winner here again as uh, they defended the tag team championship against the Authors of Pain and Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong. Um, We'll get into that match in just a second. Aleister Black would win the NXT championship, defeating Cien Almas. and Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, non-sanctioned. And uh, Johnny Gargano would win this match by choking Tommaso out with the knee brace. Um, let's start at the top here with this ladder match. Good, not great. I thought it was awesome for a starter. Uh, it was a, it's a ladder match, and there's a lot of guys in here that have ladder match experience. And then there's guys in here who really, really don't. And you can tell... It looked like a fun brawl more than a ladder match, uh, but I, I liked it a lot. And I, again, I'm nitpicking on this match. It was really good. Adam Cole winning while I'm with it did surprise me. I really didn't think he needed the championship, especially since he's going to be heavily featured now as a tag team champion with Bobby Fish out. I didn't see them putting 
the North American Championship on him. But again, I'm a I'm an Adam Cole guy, so I have no problem with it. I think Adam Cole is going to be an asset to NXT over the course of the next year. He's going to be a big call-up. Uh, I think he should spend a year in NXT. I think he should build that legacy up so that when he finally comes over to Raw or SmackDown, he'll be placed in a higher position, much like Shinsuke and Bobby. You know, so I, I, I think, I, you know, with that championship on his shoulder, I think he's going to... I think he's going to do great. Shayna Baszler uh, defeating Ember Moon. Not a fan of the first match. This is one of the ones that I killed over at TakeOver Philadelphia. However, this one, not bad at all. Dug it. I dug it. I love the way they did this. The story between TakeOver Philadelphia to now was on point. I had a good time with this matchup. I felt more confident about Shayna taking the belt now than I did in January. And I think that's a tribute to Shayna. She has come a long way since the May Young competition. Was not blown away by her in that tournament. But she looks like she's finally acclimating that MMA stuff into the, her wrestling style. They're using the submissions, the chokes. Everything is looking good. Uh, Ember Moon now moves on to Monday Night Raw. And we will see how Shayna leads the new, uh, the new breed down in NXT when it comes to the women's division. We talked a little bit about the Tag Team Championship. Undisputed Era, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, we're going to talk about infused MMA style. I'm really, again, never been a fan of his style. I don't like that hybrid thing. I I just don't. I'm not a big fan. But the way that he does it, the way that he utilizes it here in the WWE, um, I'm liking it a lot better than when I liked him uh, using it in Ring of Honor. I can't really put a finger as to why. It's almost identical, but there's just something different about Kyle here in NXT than in Ring of Honor, and it's good. It's a it's a good different. I like the way that he's doing it now. He's definitely getting a chance to show more of a personality. So it's good. I, I, I really, it sucks that Bobby and Kyle have to kind of put this on hold until, you know, until Bobby can come back from the injury. I think they were putting nice matches together and starting to build momentum, and it just sucks that it has to be on hold. Because now, with, with Adam Cole, especially being the North American Championship, the focus is going to be on Adam. And it kind of was supposed to be all along, but as a single. I think Bobby and, and Kyle would have been perfect with their focus on the tag team. Cole muddies that up. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, they defeated the Authors of Pain, who we now know will be on uh, on Monday Night Raw as well. And they defeated the team of Pete Dunn and Roderick Strong. And I say defeated, but you can't really tell that Roderick Strong came out a loser on this because... At the end of this matchup, the way that the Undisputed Era won, Roderick Strong would help Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and betrayed Pete Dunne here. Betray is a strong word in this case. They just became friends like two days ago. They were literally thrown together. Yeah, there was some mutual respect there from a hard-earned match, but there was no real ties between the two. So I don't know if I really felt the emotional breakup that I was supposed to feel. But I did feel the emotional attachment Roderick Strong put that armband on and joined his former Ring of Honor brothers in the Undisputed Era. I've said it before, a Roderick Strong heel turn is what's best for business for Roderick Strong. I know he was trying super hard to get over as a babyface. He gave it everything he had. But the man's a heel. And hopefully now that we've got him in the right setting with the right people, and the right and right audiences. Maybe now we can finally get Mr. ROH. Maybe now we can finally get the performer that we all know and love. And I'm looking forward to see what happens to Roderick Strong. 
over the course of the next few months. Aleister Black winning the NXT Championship. This is one of those situations where it was a foregone conclusion uh, many months ago. But Cien Almas, Andrade Cien Almas with Zelina Vega have thrown a monkey wrench somewhat into that. As we got closer to the pay-per-view, it was almost 50-50, you know? Cien had put so much work into this and had really won a lot of people over, myself included. And leading up to this show, it actually became... It was funny. It was like the champion worked hard enough to be seen as a good opponent for the challenger in a weird way. But it's true. And for a second there, you almost start to root for Cien, you know? Aleister Black wasn't really much of an underdog in this match until we got literally to the match. And then uh, they put on an amazing matchup, I thought. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was a good match. And it was good to see him win. And I don't know if Aleister Black heard my episode uh, 27 on my episode last Wednesday when we were talking about people with disabilities and being fans with, uh, with, with little attributes about them that make it a little difficult to be wrestling fans. Aleister Black, in celebration in lieu of his championship win, took to social media and uh, spoke some very deep, true words about himself and really opened up about his battle with depression and the things that he goes through on a daily basis with that. And to be vindicated by winning that championship and all the sacrifices, it was really nice. If you haven't had a chance, check it out. He posted it, I believe, on Instagram. And uh, it's very it's very cool. And, and to see a guy like that who has spent years in this industry uh, finally get his due and get his championship, that, that was super special. There was a lot of that this weekend, and I'm going to get into that. But uh, definitely congratulations to uh, Aleister Black, and congratulations to, uh, to Cien Omas. Congratulations to him. You know, I think he was supposed to be a transitional champion. I think he was supposed to be the one to carry it from one person to the next. But you know what? He did the one thing you're supposed to do in this industry, and that's make the most of every opportunity. He did that. And he came across as a real champion. And uh, Zelina had a big part to do with that, but let's not sell CN short. Uh, He brought it. He brought it. And I I look forward to seeing maybe if he can get that back. And, of course, our main event, the one everyone's talking about, the uh, Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampo, the grudge match, the non-sanctioned featured match. This is Johnny's second main event in a row here. And uh, the man's delivering. He is delivering. I actually like this match a lot better than the one with Cien. Uh, the one with Cien to me was a good. It was a good match. Solid. A lot of a lot of great things happened, but I wasn't really feeling it as much as per se other NXT matches. And and I think the reason why I feel that way is because I, I'm a old school guy. I like a story. I like emotion. I like every move meaning something. And in this match, everything meant something. They were able to divulge into things. Uh, in this matchup to take you back that if you haven't been following you probably didn't get but even th- everything down even down to the finish with the knee brace and 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 going after Tommaso's knee and, and finally getting his hands on the crutch everything about this match was awesome awesome top to bottom and I'm super glad I'm actually really glad that we didn't see any of these two called up just yet because I think they've got more to do I really do I, I don't like the fact that these guys get called up so fast uh, let them mature. Let it get. Let them get time. They're getting. They're getting paid, and 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 they're getting looks. So they're in. They're in the system. Let them be leaders. Let them get the the time under their belt. There's no rush for anything. Once because once they get to the main roster, man, it's sink or swim. There is no going back to NXT. So let them get their time in. 
Uh, I will say this. Uh, I've seen a lot of Johnny Gargano matches. I've seen a lot of Tommaso Ciampa matches. Well, you want to talk about fucking in shape. These guys look in shape. There are muscles on Johnny Gargano. I was unaware he had. Same on Tommaso Ciampa. Now, Tommaso Ciampa, uh, he had a, he's coming back from injury here. It's his first match in about a year almost. Um, and he's had a lot of time off, but he's had a lot of time off recovering from injury. Uh, I guess he took the time to do more than rehab. This guy is in amazing shape. Uh, he looks like a, a real monster here. And so does Johnny Gargano for that matter. So that was NXT, uh, NXT TakeOver. Great show. Let's flip on over now to the pre-show for WrestleMania at 5 o'clock. Uh, there was a lot of talking on that pre-show, man. Three matches for a two-hour spot. And, man, that they, uh, they waited out. <laughs> it was a long while before we got our first match. And we finally got it. And it was the Elimination... Uh, excuse me. I was going to say Elimination Chamber. I- I'm telling you guys, I'm out of this. It was the Battle Royal. I said Elimination Chamber because I have my notes in front of me. And I have Elimination on here. Or Eliminating. In my brain, like I told you, just went into business for itself, man. My brain has been betraying me for the past few days. So I'm hoping I can shake this shit fast because I need to function. Um, this is not me. And I don't want to keep apologizing during this entire show, but there it is. So we opened up with the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. The pick that I had was pretty much on point. I'm going to be honest with you guys because I got it so inebriated that night. I don't remember what my other picks were. You can go back and listen to it. Match it up if you'd like. But I do remember this one because it was the most obvious to me that uh, that this is the way it needed to go. And uh, Woken, Matt Hardy walks away with the win, walks away with the trophy. What I didn't expect was by help of Bray Wyatt. So it looks like, especially after Monday, uh, we're going with the team here between Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. I like this on multiple levels. A, Bray needs a fucking change. And Babyface is a good way to go, I guess. But this, he just needs to change. And to be honest with you, he's the one who needs the rub here. And for Matt, I just like Matt better in a tag team setting. I don't need Matt Hardy in single matches every week. I've said this before on the podcast. It's, it's not what he's supposed to be doing now. He's been in the business far too long for that. His body is, uh, I'm not going to say broken down, but he's not as nimble as he once was, okay? So the protection of a tag match, he works the gimmick like nobody else. He's going to be fine. This is a great idea. Finally, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle being used in a positive way. Uh, following up with that, the Cruiserweight Championship was on the line. I got to admit, I got emotional for this one. I've had the privilege of uh, working with Cedric Alexander in the past. Uh, I did not get a chance to work with Mustafa Ali, but I've heard nothing but great things about him. And I was really invested in this match, and I really thought this was going to be the match that stole the show. And for a short while, it kind of did. And uh, it was a great match. I, I spoke about I, I tweeted to them uh, about it. Uh, for those of you who follow me on Twitter, you can check that out. But it, it, was, uh, it was a hell of a match. A dope entrance by Mustafa Ali. Uh, some Sub-Zero comparisons i didn't get that it looked a little djz-ish a little bit actually with that face mask but dope if you guys haven't seen it you gotta check this uh this match out it was great let's not also lose track of the fact that it was a tournament final and uh i'm kind of done with the tournaments there's been a lot of tournaments recently um i'm done with that now that we've got a a real champion a true champion the champion that should have been all along should have never been enzo and if Rich Swan had not been arrested, it would have it, it would it still wouldn't have been Cedric, because Rich Swan had defeated Cedric in a, in a in a preliminary match to earn that championship match against Enzo. So I mean I, I mean they love Cedric, 
But at the end of the day, they weren't really sold on them, apparently, because they were kept going with other guys. So I'm glad that it finally came down to the two real talents of that tournament and of that division, and I'm glad to see that Cedric is the champion. The third uh, pre-show match, the Don't Call It the Fabulous Moolah Women's Battle Royal. And I got to be honest with you, this was a good one up until the end. I have no, I have no clue now what the fuck happened. Uh, so the way that this went down is there were a number of women, NXT, Raw, SmackDown, all mixed up into a bowl of great. Uh, went down to the final two, which would be, or so we thought, that would be Bailey and Sasha. Uh, we're, we're going back and forth. Bailey gets the elimination. In comes Naomi. Apparently what happened here was is the Naomi at some point was either thrown or willingly came out of the ring but didn't go over the top rope and basically just laid down on the ground until it was down to just Bailey. Naomi comes into the ring and uh, eliminates Bailey and becomes the first battle royal competitor to never throw a punch but yet threw her ass. As offense in the matchup, Naomi wins the Battle Royal, and I just got to tell you, that one fell flat. It was the first one. It was the first one. The The, the Battle Royal, the, the Andre the Giant looked good. The Cruiserweight title match looked good. Even this match looked good. That ending was weird. I don't think anybody really had an idea of what was happening. As a matter of fact, I think she got booed for it, uh, which I don't think was her fault. I mean, she doesn't do the booking. But here's the thing. Usually, the hiding outside the ring... Or, or the holding the bottom rope or the basically avoiding the fight. It's kind of a heel thing. So a baby face used a heel tactic and the heel tactic worked for the baby face. It was, it was the first time the leaving the ring strategy actually worked. And I think it stunned people. I don't think people knew how to react to the fact that a baby face had just basically avoided fighting and won a battle royale, defeating one of their biggest baby faces at that, if you want to even call Billy that at this point. But yeah. So, I mean, the match was good, but just felt weird. I don't know. So now we move on to the main show, where we opened up with the WWE Intercontinental Championship Triple Threat Match. And before I continue, I just want to go on record before she uh, before she says something. But what we like to do in my house is when we have the party is we actually print out the wrestling card. And we put it on the uh, on the old wall here. And my wife likes to put it in order in which she thinks the card will take place. It's like some sort of fantasy booking. You know, she puts the matches in particular order. And with the exception of two, uh, I think it was the women's matches she had reversed. Proper order, but reversed. And I think she had the, uh, the Raw tag and the Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar flipped. But other than that, she pretty much got the order down. Uh, I'm looking at the wall now. It's pretty much... Pretty much, literally, I'm looking at it now. Well, this is kind of how all this shit went down. But the Intercontinental Triple Threat match between Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, and The Miz, who was defending. And the match was good. It was a good opener. It was solid. Uh, I thought The Miz was going to bring this match down because that's what he usually tends to do. Sorry, still not a Miz guy. But he's actually warming to me, especially over the course of the last year. I really believe this has been some of the best work of his entire career. Uh, hands down, in the ring, outside the ring, um, promo-wise. I mean, he's clicking, he's firing on all cylinders. And I actually have to give him credit for this matchup. It was a dope match. It was good. It was great. It did not have the winner I thought it was going to have. Uh, I, I do believe I picked the Miz on this. I th- I felt like he really needed, after, after the, I just said, he has, he's had a great year. 
And I thought they would reward him with a defense here at WrestleMania. They did not. They gave the belt to Seth Rollins, who, uh, in my opinion, uh, had an amazing entrance. There were a lot of great entrances. Uh, I'm not going to harp all day on the show itself, but uh, Seth Rollins, see, this is this is my ignorance here. So Seth Rollins came out with a particular entrance. And believe it or not, I don't even know why. But for some reason, it made me think of Riddick. Like, it was a dark outfit, different colored eyes. It was cool. And I was a little confused by the Minitron, which is where the Mardi Gras, the masquerade mask was. And it had these eyes, so I couldn't really figure out what it was. I mean, I, I just went with Riddick. It looked kind of Riddick-ish. And then I read online, because I wasn't the only one, I guess, confused or just thinking about it. And apparently it was the Game of Thrones White Walker characters. That's what he was doing with the ice blue eyes and the, and the look and... and uh, okay, it was Game of Thrones. I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I didn't know. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck a White Walker is. I had to look it up. So, uh, and, and I have seen a few episodes with my wife because my wife does watch it. But in the episodes that I've seen, I've never seen a fucking White Walker. So I didn't know what the fuck a White Walker was. Anywho, yeah, it was apparently it was a fucking White Walker. So uh, it was a dope entrance either way. Apparently, you don't need to know what a White Walker is to appreciate that entrance because it was... You know, no pun intended because it was ice, but it was uh, it was cool as fuck. Definitely. And the Miz's gear is always on point for WrestleMania. That was dope. It was awesome. Uh, the Finn Balor thing both disappointed me and confused me. We spent almost a whole match. And I don't know if this was the WWE's intention, but I don't keep up on the, on the merch per se. So I didn't know that they were doing some sort of LBGT thing with the Finn Balor and all that. I didn't know. So I was expecting what I've been expecting for three years now. Which is, okay, Finn Balor's at WrestleMania, grandest stage of them all. I'm going to get the greatest demon entrance ever of fucking all time. And instead, I didn't get that. Now, I don't need the demon. Finn's awesome. But it would have been cool. It would have been really nice to see the demon on that stage with that kind of, especially with pyrotechnics involved with WrestleMania. There was just a lot of room for a lot of creativity here. And I just felt like they dropped the ball. Big time on that. I, I I can see now that they were doing it for somewhat of a you know a, a, a noble cause. So I, I'm not that I'm not that big an uproar about it. But it was really like in the moment I was gutted. It was very depressing that we didn't get uh, we didn't get the demon at WrestleMania. Uh, but as defeated as gutted as I was about that, the match itself was good. And speaking of good match, the very next match, the WWE Raw Women's Championship was on the line. Charlotte Flair defending against Asuka. And Charlotte Flair is the one in three years and one, which is the way we were describing it in my house. Uh, Asuka has been undefeated. Undefeated. Not only in NXT, but in the on the WWE main roster. She suffers her first defeat, and not just any defeat. A submission defeat, Charlotte Flair. Uh, we're going to have to start having that conversation. We were already having it in my house as the match was happening. Uh, whether or not Charlotte Flair now. Over time, I think it's a cinch. But right now, is she the greatest of all time? We'll have to talk about that. Today is not the day. But we will be talking about that. But Charlotte Flair defeats Asuka, who has done amazing in the WWE, she's helped so many of the women out. She's been such a great contributor. And uh, she deserved a, a, a great moment at WrestleMania, and she got it. Dope match. Now, this next match is for the WWE United States Championship. And now, this match had some great competitors in it. It had the 
first ever defending Randy Orton. He, he the first ever defending U.S. champion. He's never really had the U.S. title before. It's his first time defending at a WrestleMania, and his last apparently. Of course, Rusev Day was in effect. I, from what I understand, Rusev Day was really huge in New Orleans. A lot of Rusev Day stuff going on. It was big over there. Of course, the glorious one, Bobby Roode, uh, was in this matchup. All favorites of mine. All favorites. I love all three of these guys. But... Uh. Uh. Oh yes I don't care how sick I am I don't care how out of it I am It does not matter My ailments My sickness Does not matter to me at this moment Cause I know that at the end of all of this, I will overcome. I will be well again. And I know this because my Maharaja is once again a champion. He is the United States champion. He is your United States champion. And let's be honest, of the four guys, there was only one real option here. Let's face it, there were no other options. It's Jinder Mahal. He is the United States champion. And on my social media, right before the match, when during the introductions, I had posted a picture of myself on the Instagram. Of course, I was I was watching WrestleMania with my Jinder Mahal merch on me, the Jinder Mahal T-shirt. I posted it on Facebook. I, I mean, excuse me, Instagram, and I said, ah. And it begins, the new era, hashtag, and new, and sure enough, and new U.S. champion, Jinder Mahal. I am going to be blue in the face, I'm sure, because I still have to keep defending this guy to you people, but you guys don't get it. You don't understand. He's the future here. He's going to be leading this company, guys. Got to get on his back. Got to get on his back. All right? Ah. <sighs> All right, that's the U.S. Championship. Our next matchup is the mixed tag team match. Kurt Angle, Rowdy, Ronda Rousey against the game Triple H, Stephanie McMahon. I actually thought this was way better than I thought it was going to be. I actually believe that I do believe I said so out loud to my guest uh, that we were going to go from that fatal four-way in Junior Mahal to uh, a clusterfuck. Essentially is what I thought it was going to be. I just thought it was going to be all over the place. It was not uh, actually very, very well done. It was actually very, very well done. Um, they told a great story. The one nitpick, because it was a really, it was a really good story. But the the one nitpick that I keep hearing people say is that it didn't. Why would Stephanie counter the armbar? That doesn't make any sense. How would Ronda, How would Ronda Rousey not be able to work around? Stephanie McMahon and blocking that armbar. A lot of people were just like, oh, it doesn't make any sense. Steph's not a real fighter and blah, 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 blah. Here, here's where I don't have a problem with Stephanie McMahon uh, blocking the armbar. Okay, first of all, I'm going to give Stephanie credit because it's not enough to know how 
to block the armbar. It's when, especially when it's work, when she's not trying to legitimately shoot it in to be able to time when that armbar is coming and how already have the fingers clasped and all that stuff. It's all good stuff. Here, here's logically why I don't have a problem with Stephanie blocking the armbar. Because in the promos and everything leading up to the matchup itself, all we kept hearing was that Ronda was entering a whole new world here. It was a whole new where a whole new world for Ronda Rousey. She's the mixed martial artist coming into the wrestlers' world, and the wrestlers were going to have the advantage, and blah 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 blah. So, in all fairness, Ronda's coming into a world she does not know, which means she's probably not too proficient in pro wrestling. But there is one move in pro wrestling that not only is she proficient at, she's well known. That's the arm bar. So, if there's one thing, only one thing. That you can prepare for when it comes to Roundy, R- Rousey, uh, Ronda Rousey. It's the fucking armbar. It's the one wrestling move you know is coming. Okay? So you have to know that Stephanie and Triple H sat down for forever. They've got all the money in the world. You know they sat down with the best trainers, uh, with the best fighters in the world, trying to figure out how to counteract uh, that armbar. Now, Ronda Rousey is not invincible. Hello, she's had some losses. So it's completely believable that somebody would be able to counter a move that's been countered a thousand times. Other than that, the match, to me, was very entertaining. I loved it. While Charlotte and Asuka might have been my my favorite wrestling match, this was definitely the most entertaining match of the show, period. For me, it was anyway. I got a kick out of it. It was great. I got the opposite out of the next match, which was the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. The Usos trying to lock the New Day and the Bludgeon Brothers up into the Uso Penitentiary. And the only one who felt like they were in prison was me. I'm sorry. This was not. Listen, the the Usos and the New Day have been killing it all year long. They earned that spot at WrestleMania. Uh, Unfortunately, it was not the matchup I think they wanted. Uh, at least I hope it's not the match. I hope I hope that wasn't exactly what they wanted because it was weird. This whole dynamic was off. I think the Usos and the New Day have a formula that they work through with each other. I think the Bludgeon Brothers kind of mixed unwell with that mix. I think the Bludgeon Brothers versus the Usos will be okay. The Bludgeon Brothers versus the New Day will be okay. I don't think the three of them worked out uh, very well at all on this show. But it, it, it wasn't terrible. Again, I don't think there was a terrible match on this card. Well, except for one, and we'll 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 get to that. But it it, it was not their best work, and uh, and that's saying something because they they've had some really good matches over the year. I still say that their match, the Usos and the New Day at Hell in a Cell, is probably one of the best matches all year. So uh, that also takes us to the John Cena Undertaker situation. I spoke a little bit about it on the prediction show when I stated I didn't think it would be an actual match-match, and they did end up ringing a bell and getting a three-count, and I think that's a bullshit mistake. That I didn't like. I respect The Undertaker. I respect John Cena to the ump. They're two of the greatest of all time, but I'm going to be honest with you. There really isn't much to just talk about. There There isn't really much to discuss about this matchup. There really isn't. The next match saw the return of the Yes Movement, Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon going against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Uh, this match, uh, strong, good. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was weird. I don't know. 
It was just weird. The four guys, I mean, with the buildup going into this, I mean, the whole thing was Daniel Bryan. It was the one part of the match that people wanted to see. And when he finally did get in, it was amazing. It was good to see him bouncing around again. Looked like he didn't miss a beat. It was almost like time froze for the guy. And he was able to just go in there and do his thing again. Um, Personally, I'm disappointed in the fact that I just think this was a waste for Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, to be honest with you. To just be the guys across from Daniel Bryan, I felt like after the year they had it, it could have been a lot better uh, position for them. But that's just, you know, it's just one WrestleMania, you know. they they I'm sure they had fun in there being with a good friend like Daniel Bryan, and I'm sure they didn't have a problem being in there with Shane McMahon. So, hey, the match was what it was. And uh, speaking of the match being what it was, Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Uh, I didn't expect from, much from this match. As a matter of fact, it actually surpassed my expectation. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. And this is another situation where having the story helps because with the backstory and everything, the emotion, there was a story to tell here and everything made sense. However, uh, and this is not a knock on, on the ladies, this is a roundabout where the, where the audience hit the wall. Because everything after this, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, they weren't exactly very vocal after this. And this is another thing that I wanted to talk about. And I'm going to finish up with these matches and then we're going to get into it. But these shows are too, this, this show is too fucking long. It's too fucking long. All right, it was good to see Nia Jax walk away with the Women's Championship. Last year, when she was shoehorned in in the four-way, I thought it was a mistake. I didn't think she deserved to be there this year. She definitely did. It was long overdue, actually, at this point. She's come along great. She's a fantastic performer. She's figured out her style. It's going to be good. Now that she's the champion, she's going to be able to go in there and have good matches. With a lot of these girls, it's going to be a lot of fun. So congratulations to her. Alexa had a hell of a run. She did great business for the Raw Women's Championship. I'm actually curious to see what happens with her next. So, And uh, the next matchup should have been the main event. I said it on the podcast a thousand times, not just with the prediction show. This was the match that should have gone last. And what pisses me off is the ending proves it definitely should have ended. With Shinsuke's heel turn. Now the match itself, if you did not like this match... It's because you 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 got inside your own damn head. That's what happened. You looked at the Wrestle Kingdom show and you said, man, I'd love to see that at WrestleMania. You were never going to see that match at WrestleMania. Look at the way Shinsuke's been wrestling on the WWE. Look at the way that AJ wrestles in the WWE. No way that match was ever going to happen. So if you were expecting Wrestle Kingdom Part 2, you were fooling yourself. Okay? Now... We're coming to terms with the idea now of why they booked the match the way that they did because they're going for the long haul. You guys wanted to bust your nut on the one-night stand. They're going for the long-term relationship here. So that match you were looking for, can you possibly get it, say, SummerSlam, Money in the Bank? We'll see. We'll see if you get the match that you actually wanted. But at WrestleMania, there was no way you were going to get that match. Okay, you got to get outside of your own head. All right, just because it was something was a good match somewhere else doesn't mean it's going to be a good match here. This particular matchup was good. It was good. It was an okay. It was a strong match. They looked good out there. It looked like a WWE championship match. And more importantly, it looked like it should have been the last match. Now, I'm going to get in to what happened last. But before we do, Braun Strowman 
challenging for the Raw Tag Team Championship against The Bar and a mystery partner. And for weeks, people speculated who could it be. We even speculated here on Orsini's Uncensored Mind in the, pre- in the prediction show. We had our speculation. We had our thoughts. And what ended up happening was Braun Strowman decided we were going to be the partner. The people in the audience, they were going to be his partner. And he literally left the ring and he went into the audience and he looked around and he looked around and looked around and he found a child. And he found the child and he brought that child back to the ring and the child's name was Nicholas. And they went in there and essentially Strowman won the tag titles all by himself. Now, the internet shit a chicken because of a child. They missed the point completely, 100%. Anybody who bitched about Nicholas didn't have a fucking clue what was actually happening here, okay? Braun Strowman picked a kid because Braun Strowman doesn't need a fucking partner. It didn't matter who his partner was. He was going to win the tag titles, and that was the whole point. It was supposed to add to the badassery. The fact that he won a battle royal, a tag team battle royal, all by his lonesome. And then proceeded to win the tag titles at WrestleMania, essentially all by his lonesome. That's the point. If you were focusing on the child, you're an idiot. Because the child was not supposed to be the fucking focus. Now, people got a chuckle out of it. It was a nice little moment. And I'm sure Nicholas got a kick out of it. And it was nice, a nice little moment for Nicholas. But if you're seriously on Facebook, if you're seriously on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, shitting at a 10-year-old child, go fuck yourself. Seriously. I'm pretty sure Nicholas didn't politic to get in that fucking position. Okay? The higher-ups made a decision. Now, that kid is not random. Okay? And I could tell immediately he wasn't random because I initially thought that was a girl. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought that was a girl. And a lot of the people I was with in that room thought it was a girl. And when they got into the ring and Braun started talking to him and he said him or he or whatever it was, I said, oh, okay, well, if Braun already, I mean, if Braun didn't have to assume he already knew it was him, then he's kind of already in on this, I would assume. So Sheamus and Nicholas won the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship. Now, we got clarification the next night on Monday. Of course, Nicholas can't resume being the WWE Raw Tag Team Champion because, you know, scheduling conflict. He's got fourth grade. You know, I hate those days, too. I, I'm currently dealing with school days conflicting with my wrestling schedule as well. So I'm, I'm feeling Nicholas's pain right now. But he said, Braun Strowman said the one thing that I really hope happens. And he said that when... Uh, Nicholas is done with all this school stuff. He's going to be coming back with those tag titles. And I really hope that happens. This kid's, what, fourth grade? Figure about about 10 years old, maybe. Figure about eight years. Braun Strowman should still be a performer of some kind. Yeah, that'd be nice to see those two guys go for the Raw tag titles again. That'd be pretty cool. But, yeah, you guys missed the boat completely. Now, I get the fact that the child... And I think the effect would have been more accepted if it would have been some random guy or even some random lady or even an old lady, like a senior citizen. It would have made the whole situation a lot more comical. People just fixated on the kid, and it pissed everyone off. And that brings me to the main event. Speaking of pissing everybody off, this match from day one, the day after WrestleMania 34, this was our main event. It was set in stone. It was what was supposed to happen. It was, it, was in, it was in the destiny between these two guys. 
This was going to be the match. And as time went on throughout the year, we took lefts, we took rights, but eventually we got to where we needed to be and made it official at the Elimination Chamber when Roman Reigns became the number one contender. Now, at that moment, when the Elimination Chamber was over and Roman was guaranteed a shot at WrestleMania, the WWE audience, the WWE Universe had made the conscious decision that they were not going to support this fucking match. They made it clear everywhere, social media, live, on television, regardless of how you want to measure the metric. Yeah, there were a few people that would pop for certain spots here and there, and when Brock Lesnar came out, he was getting heat because he was telling people to fuck off and he didn't care and yada, 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 yeah. They tried, man. That story worked for a little bit. It did. It did. But it didn't work enough. There is no way. We've been doing this for years. Years. I personally don't understand the hate toward Roman Reigns. I think he's good. I, I would put him as the top guy in my Fed. No questions asked. But there are a section of fans out there that don't think he's that good. And that section is growing. Okay, So for the past four years, I could say, they've made the decision he's not one of their favorite fucking people. And you switch it over to Brock Lesnar is kind of the fucking same. When Suplex City first came out, man, he was full babyface at that point. Audience was loving him. They were digging him. Now, they're kind of over him. So we got two guys. People are just you know kind of over already. And they've made the conscious decision that we're not going to fucking like this match. And we're going to shit all over this match. So it was doomed before the facility was even set for WrestleMania. Okay? So now we fast forward till we get to WrestleMania. And they make the decision that this some bitch is going on last. So that makes the situation even worse, right? So now you have the worst case scenario you can possibly get. And then you make a child the WWE Raw Tag Team Champion. You give a world title to a child. And then you put the match on. You can't create that kind of stupidity by accident. You couldn't fuck that up like that if you tried. This took immense planning to fuck up to this degree. When I tell you, no one gave a shit. I'm being as, uh, I'm selling, I'm underselling it. I'm underselling it. And now we are continuing the streak. There's been a string of WrestleMania main events that fall into this category. And it's getting harder and harder to convince people to watch these shows. The shows are already too long as it is. Two-hour pre-show, five-hour main card at seven fucking hours. By the time Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns get into the ring, we're closing in on close... We're, we're six and a half hours deep. Six and a half hours deep. So they're already burnt out for a match they didn't care for. And they're already pissed off because of the kid. You have to plan. You got to get the Illuminati together to put a plan this shitty together. They were doomed. They were they were fucked from day from moment one. They were screwed. So now we hear backstage rumors that Brock Lesnar was pissed. Every, everyone backstage was pissed. Well, what the fuck are you pissed about? This was the plan. You knew what the reaction was going to be. And if you didn't know, shame on you because it was clear. It was clear. Every time 
You do anything you want to do with these two characters. It blows up in your face. And I want to say it again. Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns are top tier talents. Top tier. I am not in the camp of people who hates these two guys. I think both of these guys are great and serve a purpose. But you cannot deny that I'm in the minority right now. I didn't have a problem with the match being on the show. Like I said, two top tier guys. But second, third hour, probably the third hour. But not late in the fourth, not closing it on the fifth. Death sentence. Death sentence. And now Brock Lesnar. And the funny thing is, is that's the shock value of it, right? It's probably why it went on last, right? Because the shock value is, is Roman was a foregone conclusion. Oh, Lesnar's going to the UFC. He's leaving. He's not going to be here anymore. Blah, 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 blah. Some bitch wins, right? Five F5s. Some bitch wins, okay? And now we get to Raw. Not even before Raw because uh, the, uh, the, the, the push notifications came out. Brock Lesnar re-signs with WWE. We don't know any more details than that. I'm sure they'll be coming out more as the week progresses. But he's not gone. And now they're going to Saudi Arabia to have a cage match. So not only did Roman lose the match hard way, but now he's going to have to face him again and still kick. They don't learn. They're not learning from this. They're not learning from this. There's a better way to use both of these guys. Even when they face each other. So that's that situation there. That's WrestleMania. I didn't want to end it on a negative note, but hell, WrestleMania ended on a negative note. And speaking of a negative note, what the fuck is up with this Raw and SmackDown stuff, man? I'm telling you, I, was gonna, I told you I was going to get to this shit, and I'm not going to leave without talking about this shit. Raw, We were uh, my wife and I were watching Raw, and we were joking about it, but it became, at first it was a funny joke. Then it became a sad joke, and it was, it was really starting to piss me off. Every segment had a return or a debut, every single fucking one. And like the old adage says, if everyone is special, then no one is special. How the fuck am I supposed to give a shit about, let's say, because the first one was what? The, 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 the first one was Ember Moon, right? So how are we supposed to give a shit about Ember Moon when you follow it with Jeff Hardy, with Bobby Lashley, with AOP? When you, what the, what are you talking about? I don't have a problem. I mean, it's the morale after WrestleMania, so you're going to get debuts, you're going to get surprises. I get it. But sprinkle that fucker. You didn't need to blow your fucking wad on one day. And then we get to SmackDown. We get to SmackDown, and they start to show off by letting us know that Daniel Bryan's no longer the general manager. Okay? We got Paige now as the general manager, which I have no problem with. But you just announced this emotional retirement. In New Orleans on Monday, and you were back to work the next fucking day. You announced this retirement like you're leaving, and then 24 hours later, you're back on TV in a power position. Again, no problem with Paige being the GM, but Jesus fucking Christ, you just left like yesterday. Which means you didn't really leave. You said some shit in the ring, you went back to the hotel, you showered, you woke up the next day, and you went back on TV. And then Daniel Bryan is no longer the general manager, and Paige is going to book her first match, and it's Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. Once again, talking about pre-coming in your pants here. Why are we giving this match away? And they haven't announced anything yet, but that kind of gives you the indication, right, that if Daniel Bryan is going to be a full-time competitor again and not the GM, he's got no business on fucking SmackDown. 
He's the most over guy they've had in the last decade. He's going to Raw, which is probably why they made that match between Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles so we could fit that shit in before he leaves. But now the problem is, fit that shit in before he leaves, does that mean AJ's not leaving either? Are we going to get another year of AJ Styles on SmackDown? Will he, will he forever be the B-Show? Are we not moving AJ to Raw? I'm not suggesting, I mean, we can get deeper into depth of what's going to happen with the shakeup, which apparently happens on Monday. So on the next episode, I'll be able to talk a little bit more about that. But Jesus, I, I, I couldn't stand the two shows. I couldn't stand them. It was just so much happening all at once. The iconic duo coming out and beating up Charlotte. So, if, so I can keep score of this. Charlotte went to war with the undefeated Asuka and won. But the two newbies from NXT could beat the crap out of her enough to the point where Carmella would be able to take advantage and win the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. I'm sorry. I'm having trouble following. There's just so much going on. And I didn't want to end this show on a negative note. I really didn't. But I just wanted to get those opinions and those those thoughts out there really quickly. So... That's the show for this week. I told you I'm not feeling well. I just wanted to get my reactions and shit out there. And hopefully I feel better by next week. I will go ahead and go forward with this. WrestleMania is a big week for me, personally and professionally. I think I've gotten that point across quite well. So I think I've made that point quite clear. So this particular week, 27, 28, 29, I've been extremely wrestling heavy. I can promise you that that will not be the case coming forward. I will be backing off tremendously uh, on the wrestling stuff. I'm still going to talk about it somewhat because I still love talking about it, but it definitely won't be the uh, prominent figure that it has been uh, the last week or two. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for bearing with me. This is not my best episode by far because I just can't freaking think good right now my brain is all over the place so i'll keep you guys abreast of my health situation i'm gonna see what's happening i'm gonna see the doctor um uh what's the wednesday about two days so once again i just want to let everybody know ajoum.podby.com is where you can catch all the episodes you can also catch the plat my other platforms itunes stitcher radio google play music and the tune in radio app and i want to take it this time again to thank all of you for six hundred downloads i'm still moving still cooking um you guys have been awesome and i can't wait to give you guys all kinds of feedback online uh about the shows and 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 just keep them coming keep keep the comments coming you guys need to be more part of the show man contribute make some comments send me some messages so thank you guys for all that thank you guys for the support be more apart be more assertive guys and we will catch you next week i have got to drink some nyquil or something i gotta get out of here anybody house listen to my daddy so listen to the SMI.